with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Paul Jones Drug Tuesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Got a lot of things to discuss. Maybe some hoops at the end of the show. High school basketball coming back at you. Paragon TV tonight, five different locations. Tell you where you can watch that. Who's playing? Thunder snap a two game skid with a win last night against Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. So we get some of that. There's some college hoops got underway. Was anybody sad to see the LSU Lady Tigers go down to defeat? I was wondering if that might not have been an undefeated team getting Van Lith from what Louisville and returning basically. A bulk of that national title team? Was Kim Mulkey not dressed in a crazy enough outfit for her girls to perform? I don't know. I think they forgot there was a game. That was wild. Kind of like you. I did too until I saw it this morning. I had no idea that college basketball. Did you know college basketball was starting yesterday? Yeah, you know, when you, <clears throat> you get the alerts of your favorite teams playing. Um, yeah. And I had it on. I had the – I just – in the background, I had it on, but I wasn't really watching it intently. Yeah, I don't. And uh, as far as the LSU thing, I had no clue they were playing. I didn't either till this morning. I mean, uh, it was front I saw, page news I on ESPN. It, I saw it last night, uh, the tweets and stuff. The glorious, did, glorious tweets. We live you? in a wonderful age. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes there's some pretty good stuff. Did, did you get in on the conversation last week? On Twitter, between Clay Travis and some of the WNBA folks, I, excuse me, a little bit, a little. I saw he put a proposal out there. <clears throat> yeah, we can talk about that at the end the, when we hit basketball. We can talk about. It. I don't know about it. Yeah, we can talk about. It. Or maybe when you go do maybe when you go do <laughs> tradeo, I'll talk cover. about it. <laughs> I'm a girl, Dad. I'm kind of one of the, but I I know what he's saying. I get what he's saying. Yeah, and he's right. <laughs> No offense, but he's right. Uh, college football. We'll put a bow on Bedlam. Here's a question. Is Brent Venables getting a pass? Everybody wants to fire Jeff Levy, but is is Brent Venables getting a pass? I wonder when that was going to be brought up because I got a few text messages regarding that subject that I had sent. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder if it's – I mean, this way the natural chain goes, but um, – He's done some pretty – I mean, his, his teams and, and some of the things that have happened with his teams aren't great. I mean, we can just start yeah. rolling them down the list. He's the, it was the, he had the first losing season since 1998. That was last year. Then just, just this year, he managed – oh, no, no, last year, <clears throat> he managed to become the first coach at Oklahoma to lose to West Virginia in the Big 12 – then this year he became the first OU coach to lose to Kansas since John Blake, and now he lost the last bedlam. Quite frankly, the only thing he hasn't screwed up is beating Texas this year, as far as you know the list of not where you want to be as the OU coach. 
Well, he was on my poo-poo list after going losing 49 to nothing to your arch rival. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I mean, there's there's reasons for that. As we saw this year, you think a court, you think a healthy starting quarterback makes a little oh, bit of a difference. Yeah. I mean, it's the big zero on the other side. Though. Well, you I, get the, your hands tied behind the, your back. D one program. I mean, even even Middle Tennessee State will get a sixer on the scoreboard every once in a while. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of reasons for that. That's just one game. The problem is, I you know what? I'd much rather lose to Texas forty nine nothing get beat by these other schools that you dominate. You just gave all-time scoreboard to Kansas and Oklahoma State. You'll always have a chance. Look what it just happened. Nobody well, cares well, about 49 nothing last year. So yeah, you won this yeah, year. Yeah, because – and then they <clears> – the game continues. Huh? Yeah, I get yeah that. exactly. Right. Well, and I think there's just more respect for Texas than Kansas. You're certain your Texas can be really good and it just doesn't work out for you. Kansas? Mm. Mm. West Virginia? Lincoln Riley fired Alex Grinch. Doesn't matter, though. Well, not for this season, but that doesn't matter, period. We can talk about that. Which conference has the best chance to get two playoff teams? I think there are three in the running for two teams. Which one of those has the best chance of actually accomplishing that feat? What are the biggest games this week? What are your top ten in college football? Then we'll hit the NFL. You feel better about a playoff game in philly after sunday if you're dallas how much do we blame dak for what happened boy cj stroud looks pretty good or he did on friday or on uh, sunday is it too early that we declare the carolina panthers idiots for passing over cj stroud for bryce young mm. and then <clears throat> we just passed the midway point who's going to win the divisions we had our ideas at the beginning of the season now, after we've seen half the season, get an idea, you know, who do you think is going to be able to finish it off and win Then top five in the NFL? I will tell you right now, I am going to have a new number one. Are you? Uh, absolutely. 225-9698 is your phone or your text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to have the listening area. Stay in touch with the show a couple ways. Log on to KADSAM.com. Download the Paragon Communications app. The app has it all. Radio, Penny News. Brand new addition to the Penny News. We'll hit the website at midnight. Tonight, thepennynews.com. Big Elk and Paragon TV. Paragon TV on the air tonight. We'll tell you all the games in high school basketball that will be available for your viewing pleasure at the end of the show. And then the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you go back and check it out. Anywhere where podcasts drop. How are you today, Jared? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm doing well. You got your, uh, you ready to roll? For tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Well, get back in the groove. Ready to get back in the basketball mode. Should be a good one, too. With Leedy coming to town to take on Canute. I'm looking forward to that matchup. But it's actually Leedy's first, girl's first game. That's right. With new head coach Leah Beer, wait a way to st- old head coach Leah Beer, old new head old coach. new head coach. I didn't want to say old and Leah Beer. Well, I I don't want to. Not her first rodeo with the lady. Right, Bison. right, but you know what I mean. First year back, and um, of course going up against her daughter and 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 uh, Canute rolled on Friday night and 
We'll see if they're a little bit better competition. Way better. No offense to Eric, but way better competition to right now with Leedy. Should be a fun one. And the boys, too. They played really well. Knute did on Friday night. Leedy boys are always coached well and play well, traditionally. Should be fun. White out tonight. <clears throat> Not really. In the gym. My girls are having fun. I said, okay, lay out some clothes you want to wear. It's white out. <laughs> they, they were having fun laying all that stuff out. White clothes. Now, they're good games tonight, right? Yeah, there's some other. We'll talk about that at the oh, end. Oh, okay. We got it all set up. Um, NFL football. Let's get to start there. We missed it all, all the way yesterday. The game of the the game of the weekend was probably it, honestly it was probably Tampa and Houston, but that didn't really matter to a lot of people. It was more the Cowboys and the Eagles. Entertainment value. The, <clears throat> the last ten minutes of Tampa Houston was unbelievable. Back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah. With Stroud, then Baker, then Stroud, then Baker, and then finally Stroud. And we'll talk about C.J. Stroud in a second, but. Cowboys-Eagles was the marquee game, and it did not disappoint. It was a back-and-forth struggle. Dallas had the lead at halftime, fell behind by 11, and then clawed their way right back in it and had every chance to win that game in Philly. Um, You know, there was the play with Schoonmaker on the fourth down that he originally called touchdown. They went back. I've seen this talked about. Chris Sims brought this up. And I think it's a really interesting thought for the way – the game is is officiated in the way that catches are determined and so at that point touchdown was called they reviewed it and they ruled that when when schoonmaker's knee hit the ground the ball was short of the goal line okay right so that the knee hitting the ground is what determined the end of the play now, he also continued to the ground, maintained possession. What, what, what do they call it? Finished the process of the catch. Right. And as he finished the process of the catch, he was – the ball obviously has broken the plane because he was laying right on the goal line. Right. And I've seen Chris Sims say, we have found a loophole in this rule. And I think he's right. It's not something I ever would have thought of before, but – his point is, if you rule him down short of the goal line, he doesn't even have the chance to make the process of the catch. Mm, yeah. You're not going to give him a catch at that point on in any other instance on the football field. Would you award him a catch without him continuing through the ground to secure it? And that is 100% correct. You would not give him a catch at that when they ruled him down with the knee they would not award him a catch. So, a, a change to the rule would be, okay, if you're going to make him complete the process of the catch, where that is completed on the ground is where the ball needs to be spotted. I, I think that's a really – I think point. it's a valid point. That's a really good point. That Chris Sims makes. I mean, it's not – I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Cowboys got shafted or whatever, but it's, a, it's one of those gray areas that you don't know until you know, right? I'm sure nobody thought about – that part of uh, of that rule until now and yeah it would have benefited dallas and it would have hurt philly but it makes perfect sense to me if you're going to force the guy to to complete the process of that catch then where that catch is when where the process is completed should be where the ball is spotted i think that makes sense i I just something i saw yesterday that hadn't really been 
discussed a whole bunch, but I think it makes a, a million percent sense. If one of them is going to have to happen, then the other should too. That's where – I mean, because like I said, they wouldn't have given him a catch. Going down to the ground from where his knee hit, where the ball – they would not have given him that catch. It, the, the rest of it had to happen. And then it also makes it pretty a lot easier to spot because it's right there where you're laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that game? I, I thought it was a whale of a game. It felt like a playoff game atmosphere-wise yeah. and because it's the division. And, and, by the way, two teams that were executing – at a fairly high level. Yeah, I had to listen to most of it, and I just watched highlights, so bear with me. I didn't go rewatch the entirety of the game. I listened to most of it. But it did feel like that back and forth, every possession matters, playoff game, playoff atmosphere between two teams that are very familiar with each other. And obviously we'll play again in December, and then who knows after that. So, And I walked away from it thinking – Dallas is not in a bad situation. Losing that game puts them in a bad situation in the NFC East. They're going to need a lot of help from Philly, hoping that they lose. Um, you know, maybe one, and then Dallas can go avenge the loss back uh, in in um, in Arlington. So, I I thought Dak played well. I thought uh, CD played well. Um, the defense did enough. Uh, just Philly made the plays at the end. And, and, you know, you can say what you want about the play you're talking about, and there's some other questionable stuff with the officiating, whatever. I mean, again, just kind of rehashing like what I said yesterday. I'm not trying to put everything on the officials. I, I, I feel, is in a weird way, feel positive about a loss. It sucks to lose being a Dallas Cowboys fan, but they weren't blown out like they were against the 49ers, another NFC contender. It's like they, they – if it, it almost I almost say if this game was in Dallas – or at the Cowboys, the score just flipped it around. It almost felt had that feeling. So yeah. <clears throat> it uh, almost a you know I don't know if home field advantage is a thing or not, but um, I feel positive about it. I guess my overall assumption of the game. If you're a Cowboys fan, I just think it's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's closer. You didn't get your tail kicked by San Francisco or by Philly like you did San Francisco. But it's, it's the same song and dance that we've seen from the Dallas Cowboys since Troy Aikman was the quarterback. And that is, yeah, Dak played great. He, he did. He didn't turn it over. He threw for 374. He had three touchdowns. He played great. And he also didn't make the plays to win the game. I, I don't know what play Philly made to win the game. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Flashy. I, I think it was way more Dallas didn't make the plays to win that game. And a big part of that is Dak stepping out of bounds, taking the sack. You know, those are things that you just cannot do. Fire the ball into the stands, you know, through the end zone. And then you've still got, what, 14 seconds from the 11-yard line or whatever. I mean, you, you cannot take a sack in that position. You can't. You just can't do it. And did he play well? Yeah, he did. He played very well. He always plays well against the Eagles. Yeah, he, has, he like, always he does. Like one loss, I think. He always one plays well against yeah. them. But he says but, he likes. I saw that the pregame there, right, right when the game started. I was able to watch like half of the first quarter. That he was quoted as saying he likes playing in Philly. He he likes the atmosphere and and the fans. He enjoys it. He feeds mm-hmm. off of it. And he played he played well, but he didn't play well enough to win. And at the end of the day, does it make you feel better? I guess. I guess it makes you feel better that you didn't just get trounced. But it doesn't make me feel any better that the Dallas Cowboys aren't just going to continue to be 
I mean, at some point, we got to realize that this is Charlie Brown and Lucy. And he's never going to get to kick that ball until it happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just it's, it's same old song and dance where you play good, you feel like you should win the game, should have won the game, and you just don't make the plays to win the game. Whereas Philly's almost the exact opposite. They're turning into a little bit of a just like a win ugly type team and really good at it. I mean, all year long, what has everybody said? Yeah, Philly's six and zero, but golly, they don't look very good doing it. Oh, now Philly's eight and one, but boy, they don't look very. Okay, whatever. They're 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 eight and one. Winning's infectious. If they, you keep winning, keep winning. It's like you forget how to lose. Yeah, and they've got complete control of the division, as you said. And here's another problem for Dallas: if division records. It would help if Philadelphia would lose a division game or two, actually two at one, and then to Dallas. That way, maybe the tie goes there because I know conference is going to be one of those tie breaks as well. Philly's six and zero in the NFC. Dallas is two and three. I mean, that, that ship has almost already sailed. Mm-hmm. And th- that was why, yeah, it was great to play a good game there and whatever, but that was a game you had to win, and they just flat out didn't. And they had chances to do it, and they just didn't get it done. Good game. It, it, it was it was fun to watch, whatever, but Dallas doesn't get it done. What about C.J. Stroud, man? Did you watch that against Tampa? No, I saw the highlights on Red Zone. I didn't see I saw. I was the, actually. I actually kind of watched. Were you it. watching? There, yeah, yeah I, I really did because. Like, I pay for this red what zone. What was the so other? I, I don't want to. I just want to. If it's not Dallas, I'm watching red zone. You yeah. know what I mean? The other. <laughs> the other was L. A. The Rams and somebody. I, anyway, yeah, Rams were horrible. Whoever they were, that that game was so bad that I was watching. That yeah. I actually was watching that one. Man, what an. C. J. Stroud. Uh, he. Was. First off, I mean, he did something no rookie's ever done. He threw for like 470 and stats-wise. But, man, it, it's not just the stats with him. And I th- and I think we all got to see this down in the Sugar Bowl last year against that Georgia defense, right? And he just – he eviscerated that Georgia defense. And Ohio State had every opportunity to win that game – and, you know, maybe the play of the game was, was Harrison getting knocked out, and that was just enough for Georgia to be able to win. He was 30 of 42 for 470 and five touchdowns. QBR of 77.2. How the heck is it that low? Because all he did was make clutch play after clutch play after clutch play, taking over with 46 seconds, no timeouts, down, uh, let's see, they were down four. So it had to be a touchdown. And all he does is go right down the field and score the game winner to Tank Dell. I, I don't know how a QBR is what it is, and there's a, there's a formula and whatnot. I don't know how you play quarterback better than C.J. Stroud did it on Sunday. I just don't well, know. Well, that's an NFL quarterback was what he did. Uh, not even an NFL quarterback. I'm talking he looked like a Next high level, level right. NFL right. quarterback. Right, he, it, but you expect your 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 – your QB one in the NFL to make those plays. That's why they go get guys like that, and he he made those plays as a rook. It's pretty good. I want to see it continue. Is that is that the next? Is he that next budding star? I mean, you've liked him since day one, and and um, he's proven it. He's putting out there. We'll see if Houston can build around him. It's pretty pretty fun. Had a joke te- text me <laughs> during that game, and 
and uh, there's no defense being played. And I was like, yeah, I bet Baker feels like he's in college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just trying know. to outscore his opponent and just didn't have another shot at it. That's kind of the way it's gone for Baker, right? He makes he makes a great drive himself, throws what he thinks is the game winner with 46 seconds left, and then some rookie goes right back down the field against the Tampa Bay defense and completely spoils everything that that Baker had done. I mean, he played fine, obviously. Is there any worse feeling? I, I'm not. I've never been a quarterback. Is there any worse feeling for a quarterback just having to sit there and watch that happen? I wouldn't think so. And in, in the look on his Maybe face, a pick six to end a game or something. But at least, I think at least if you're if you're a quarterback and you throw a pick six to end the game, I think at least you're going. It was on my shoulders. I had something to right. do with it. Right. Instead, he's sitting there going, "I just he's I did what there, I did." He's sitting there watching a slow death that he can't do anything. That's about. right. Yeah, that I th- has I to th- be a horrible feeling. You'd much rather have the ball in your hands, in my mind. Even yeah. if it doesn't go well, you can take that criticism back at you if if you make the the fatal mistake, versus having to sit there and watch some other dude just go down the field like yeah. like Stroud did. It was it was incredible. Is it too early to declare the Panthers idiots? Uh, you haven't already done that. <laughs> we haven't already done that. <laughs> well, I mean, I th- I think a lot of people declared the Miami Dolphins idiots about two years ago when Herbert had such a great rookie year and Tua couldn't stay on the field. I don't know how stupid they look now. First, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. What I'm, I, I mean, listen, Bryce Young did a lot of really good things in college too, and and I don't know. The, the thing about it is, I mean, Stroud is Stroud didn't just walk into the eagles like jalen hurts did a ready-made firepower all around you he walked into the texans the thing that makes me even more amazed is that it's like he's throwing to tank dell and nico collins who dalton schultz everybody knows him right Oh yeah i remember him and doing this it's not you know what i'm saying he he doesn't have aj brown and Devontae smith he's got bunch of dudes that nobody had ever really heard of a couple of rookies and, and dalton schultz and he seems to here's what here's my thing he seems even as a rookie to already have the capability of making the dudes around him better and that's what the really that's really great ones do yeah that's what you should be looking for if you're drafting a quarterback aaron have i ever been high on carolina's pick there I was never high on it. He was small. He was small. I I didn't like it. I was never high on it. But I wasn't saying, oh, what idiots. Yeah, I wasn't hyperbole like that. But I was never a fan of it. So I think now, yeah, they could be kicking themselves and and their fan base is probably screaming, what are you doing now? But Well, one of them had a QBR of 11.2, and you're trying to figure out how it's it's that high when he threw one (laughs) touchdown and three picks, two of which were pick sixes. The other one had a QBR of seventy-seven point two, and you're trying to figure out how it's that low with the way he provided. Can a QBR get in the negative? Can you get like a negative? I don't know if you can. Or negative five. Eleven two bottoms out at zero and stops. Eleven two is pretty low. I, I I can tell you how we can find out. Two weeks ago, when the Giants won a game and they threw for nine yards, I mean that that hadn't happened since well, nineteen hundred. That is a. Yeah. It's nine-plus yards, so it can't be... Nine <laughs> yards. Can't be horrible. <laughs> and they won an NFL game in 2023. Who's one of the divisions? Oh, no, they ended up getting beat by the Jets. That's right. They were in position to win with nine passing yards. 8.6 and 15.5 that day. Tommy DeVito, here's a Tommy DeVito was two of seven for negative one yards. 
Ah. And still had a higher and still had a higher still QBR a higher? than Tyrod Taylor, who was four for seven for eight yards. So did this DeVito character not play not throw an interception? Or? Neither one of them did. They both took two How sacks. Two sacks. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense to me. QBR. It's uh, everybody leans QBR on it. QBR is a everybody leans on it to tell you what's happening, and that right there proves to you it doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. It has no idea. What I it's want people about. to lean on the QBR stat as a as a thing explain to me, explain me how the QBR stat works. Like this one right here. I mean, I'm not going to tell you either one of these should be very high, but four for seven for eight yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, taking two sacks for seven yards, ought to be higher than two for seven minus one passing yards, no touchdowns, no picks, took two sacks for nine yards. One of those should be better than the other, but it's not in the QBR. The regular rating, you know, the old QB, QB rating. Tyrod Taylor was higher, but not in the QBR. Anyhow, who's going to win the divisions? Starting the AFC East. Who you got? Man, I don't know what's going on with. I mean, when Miami plays somebody, they lose. Miami is not. Miami is not beating a team with a winning record. Right, and then, but they, if they hadn't, a, whatever happened there at the end of the first half against Kansas City, they had a chance to win that game, and then two is throwing it to invisible people in that last drive and then what buffalo what's going on in buffalo those two teams are clearly the contenders in my eyes but uh i will lean towards experience on this one and say buffalo i think they'll put it together so i'll say buffalo in the east i've got buffalo too and i, I do i will say this in this division oh what could have been you know the people picking the jets they actually might have been right yeah if aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt is this the biggest disappointing division like the most disappointing division this for sure year? so far because there we we were there were talks of this being the best division. Of course, before the Rodgers injury, That's and true. then Buffalo with Allen, and then Miami with all that electric speed. And for and, a, for a minute, it still looked like that, even after Rodgers' injury. And now it's just like, well, New England's bleh. New England's absolutely terrible oh, too. Yeah. You didn't you, no. you saw that being more of a right around five hundred than. Are they going to get the first but pick the, of the draft? But they were in that conversation because it's still New England and Belichick. So still there. This is preseason talk. There's yep. still that talk of well, all four of those teams could be really good, That's or right. could be good. A couple really good ones, and then good teams. That ship has sailed. Yep. New England has the second worst point differential in the league. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got Buffalo as well, just because Miami can't beat a good team. Eventually, they're going to have to beat somebody that has a winning record. They get a bye this week. Uh, a Chan will come back next week, which will help them and my fantasy team, which had. How in the world do you have a whole fantasy team that doesn't score a touchdown? I'm, we managed to do it this week. Uh, NFC, or I'm sorry, AFC North. Now this, if if Pittsburgh could find some offense, this this could be the the really tough one. To, like the the division that could be considered one of the best. Pittsburgh the, is five and three. Pittsburgh has is not outgained a team yet. Right. Nobody in the world, nobody in the history of the league's ever done that. But they're five and three. But they're five and three. They're five and three. Cincinnati's looking a lot better with Burrow looking a lot healthier, and there they are, last place. <laughs> and that nuts. And then there's Baltimore, who's who's looking really, really good. I will stay with Baltimore, but I think Cincinnati's going to come on hot. I got Baltimore as well. They just crushing good teams. They talking about beating good teams. Now they both were at home, but boy, Detroit, Seattle. Those were teams that were kind of hot going into playing Baltimore, and they both got hammered by the Ravens. Ravens have the best point differential in the league at 115, plus 115. They've won four straight. Uh, I'll stay with Baltimore. They were my preseason Super Bowl winner, and there's no no way I'm changing from that. They look they look pretty awesome as long as they can stay healthy. That's that we we've seen this out of Baltimore before, right? The last two or three seasons, they get started 
into into November, even sometimes into December, leading the AFC North. And then Lamar gets hurt, a couple of running backs get hurt, somebody else gets hurt, and all of a sudden you look up and you go, what in the world happened to Baltimore? Why didn't they win the division? Why, why aren't they in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, they yeah. all got hurt. So yeah. that would be something to definitely watch for as we move along. All right, the AFC South. Man, all this Houston talk gives, I wanted to gives tr- me I pause, wanted to right? say Houston, but I couldn't do it. Makes me want to, but Jacksonville might be the hottest team in the NFL right now. No one's talking about them either, but there yeah. they are, six and two. They've won f- their last five. five in a row. They got a good one coming up this week. I was, or uh, uh, is it this week? Yes. Um, hosting 49ers who are coming off a bye. So yeah, we'll see. That, that one could be uh, your test right there for Jacksonville. But Houston, I'm just now I'm comparing schedules. Because I really want Cincinnati. I really want Houston to oh well that's gonna be tough. And it's at Cincy. Yeah. I really want Houston to come on strong here and looking when they play Jacksonville, it's at the end of the month. They already beat him, right? No. They didn't beat Jacksonville. Oh, already? I'm sorry, yes. I look at the wrong schedule. Yes, they did. They beat him in by twenty. Yeah, I think that was that a was that a week three or hey uh what's it called game? Overseas, send an overseas one. Oh, maybe. No, it was in no, Jacksonville. Never mind. Three. I don't think that was. Yeah, that it was Jacksonville early. played the. It, Jacksonville may have went the next week and played. Anyhow, I, I'm going to stick with Jacksonville. Me though. too. I'm just going to stick with them. I think you, they're two games back in the loss column. But they do. Here's the thing: when they play again, they'll get them at home. They've already beaten them on the road, so tie break. You can see that one a lot easier than say the Dallas Philly one. Uh-huh. I'll say with Jacksonville, and then I mean everyone's picking the Chiefs. So let's move on. There's no way you're going to pick anybody else in the AFC West, is there? No. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Philly. I kept trying to think of my Taylor Swift puns, but I'm not too, I'm not quick enough. <laughs> NFC East Philly. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to imagine Dallas winning that division after losing. Yeah, was, there, there would be a conversation to be had if the Cowboys could have made some plays to win the game on uh, on Sunday. Now that they didn't, well, it's hard to, it's hard to find that. NFC North. Detroit. Yep. God, Minnesota's coming. You see, Josh Dobbs, speaking of what an unbelievable deal that was. He, they, Everybody in Minnesota's shaving their eyebrows now. They were practicing the cadence. He hadn't even taken a snap from the center yet. They were practicing his cadence. It literally I mean, that looked like when Baker went to, to the Rams. Except for you know he, what I mean? Except for they were literally drawing up plays in the like in, yeah. in the huddle. Like he was getting plays and the the uh uh Kevin O'Connell was telling him where everybody goes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here's the, here's the play call. You can tell everybody else that. Now, this guy, the X receiver goes here, the Y receiver runs this, and he came and he brought him back to beat Atlanta. Unbelievable. Unbelievable by Josh Dobbs. Um, but good luck beating Detroit. A- the NFC South is an interesting one. Yeah. To me. At the beginning of the year, I said the Saints – and Tampa, Tampa Bay is kind of cooled off. Carolina's horrible. Atlanta, who's their quarterback? Taylor is it, Heineke is it right Heineke? now. Is yeah. it Heineke? Uh, I'll go again with experience of, of the Saints. They they have more experience of getting there. I took Atlanta. Did you? Atlanta, that loss is brutal. They never should have lost to Minnesota. Knocking Jer- uh, Jaron Hall out of the game was probably the worst thing they did. Because that allowed Dobbs. Dobbs is better than Hall, but they they weren't going to ever let him play just because he hadn't been there yet, you know. And then they forced him into the fire, and he showed how much better he was than Jaron Hall. Oh my gosh, I was in an eliminator pool, and that got me knocked out. 
Oh. I picked Atlanta just simply because to play Jaron Hall. And then they give him a concussion the first quarter, and Josh Dobbs is like miraculously – anyway, I'll take Atlanta, even though that quarterback situation is – Sticking with San Fran? I am because the West, the other three, I just – I don't yeah. see them do anything either. Uh, San Francisco's in a fortunate division where they can suffer three losses in a row and, and still you know and then I think they'll figure things out and be okay those two the south and the NFC the west and the NFC are the only two divisions in football with only one team with a positive point differential the yeah, Orleans like, in the south like, and San Francisco in the west well, like two short years ago we were saying the NFC west was the best division in football we thought it might be two last year and then it just cratered it's and now it's still kind of eh. yeah seattle's got an interesting that's an interesting deal i'm afraid the real gino is standing up and the seattle fans aren't liking it we'll do our top well, five when the nfl when we come back with some college football I know what well. we're thinking about or what i'm thinking about purdy is, yeah. the, is he is the seventh round guy really coming Purdy's not quite as good when Debo and McCaffrey and a bunch of those guys aren't healthy we'll be back Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy it's called convenience packaging meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages this process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser and as always Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long term care patients with their drive through window curbside service and free local delivery it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Get to our NFL top fives here in just a second. But first, Paul Jones Drug down at 809 North Main is the oldest compounding pharmacy right here in Elk City got free local delivery, drive-through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations, long-term care unit packaging. They call those blister packs. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust, 809 North Main. Thank you to Rodney Skinner and all the gang down at Paul Jones Drug. All right, what's your top five, Jared? Let me bring up my list. Where'd you go? There we go. Okay, top five. Uh, I, I, I guess reinserted 40. You know, I know they didn't play, but 49ers at five because other teams have lost. Lions at four, Ravens at three, Kansas City two, Philadelphia one. My initial shoot from the hip top five. How about okay. you? <clears throat> I'm going to go – man, it's the, there's like three you have to have, in my opinion. And then there's a couple others that it's like, huh? Yeah. Kind of, it's kind of harder to round up the bottom two there. I'm going to go Cincinnati five, San Francisco four, Kansas City three, Philly two, and Baltimore number one. What the Ravens have been doing has just been awesome, and they haven't been doing it against just a bunch of nobodies. When you look at their wins. All of a sudden, that win again. They've got wins over the Texans, who were four and four, the five and three Bengals, the five and three Browns. I don't remember what the Titans are, but then Lions and Seahawks. I mean, you're talking four or five wins against at least five hundred teams, or better. So I got them. I'll, I'll take the Ravens number one. 
and Lamar Jackson may make me look like a genius for picking him to be the MVP if he keeps on rolling again like he is right now. All right, let's go down to the college. Putting a bow on Bedlam. Any any other thoughts that you've had? I mean, there's been some some conspiracy videos that have pictures I saw last night. You know, one of the things that we didn't really get a very good look at uh, on Saturday was the penalty on Venables. Mm-hmm. Uh, Channel 4 had a great look at it from behind the play. He literally comes out, says one thing, and then he gets ran off. And I mean, it was the most quick trigger flag that you could possibly see in that. I get it if he's out by the numbers, whatever. But that's one of those that we finally got to see. But every I mean, coach goes out to the numbers at the least other side once did or yet, twice The other side game. did it just a little bit earlier when they got called for the illegal substitution. No flag. Anyhow. Once again, that's not the, the, that's not why Oklahoma State won the game. Why Oklahoma State won the game was a Oklahoma turnovers and Oklahoma mistakes. Oklahoma loses the turnover batter th- battle three to one. They commit twice as many penalties as OSU. They miss a field goal. All those things are the reasons why Oklahoma lost that game. And I think after kind of reflecting on what we talked about yesterday. I still don't know. If we, I still don't know if Alan Bowman's getting enough credit for what not only he did in that game, but what he's done since being named the guy. And his everybody wants to point at Ollie, 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 and I get it because he's had these huge games. But I do think that having a leader at the quarterback spot, and quite frankly, a guy that's been around for so long, that he he's earned the respect of, of Oklahoma State's team, and. I think he deserves even more credit than what he's getting, not only for Saturday, but also for the turnaround in this five-game winning streak that Oklahoma State's riding well, right what now. What was one of my cues to the game? It wasn't what Ollie Gordon can do. It was, what will Bowman do? If he's consistent and plays good, I gave OSU a really good chance to win the game. And when OU was able to, at times, slow down Gordon – it was it was Bowman making plays. And that was one of my keys to the game because if you can stop the running game and put the pressure on the quarterback, would he step up? And he did. He made that one. I thought, oh, boy, when he threw it out of bounds on that second down or third down, it stopped the clock and let OU hold on to one of their timeouts there at the end of the game. That one, I, I, I thought, oh, no. But – um, but back to my point, I, 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 I'm going to give it up to myself, as Jim would say, is I said this on Friday, was that that's one of my keys to the game for OSU to win this game is really good quarterback play from Bowman if Gordon is, is, is held in check. And for the most part, he was. He's had his, a couple big runs there. And Bowman played good. He played real good. He deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, him and, <clears throat> and Oklahoma State's defense timely plays. You know, there was 21-17 – Oklahoma, if if somebody could have just blocked Colin Oliver, Stogner has leaked out. Oklahoma's oh, they snapped it from probably about the twenty or so. If you just get Oliver blocked, it's the easiest touchdown of the day. I mean, Stogner is wide open down the middle of the field, but the pressure got to Gabriel before he could go through his progression to find him. You know, just plays like that that Oklahoma State's defense was able to make. In that period where the Sooners had the lead, 
but they couldn't stretch it to two. They could not stretch it to two scores. They just never could. And big plays by the Oklahoma State defense, timely plays by the defense, were a big part of that as well. And that sack was a huge play uh, that kind of goes unlooked because you know nothing really. But if you if you actually take a step back and look what that play was, it kept the score twenty one seventeen, and instead of it being twenty eight to seventeen, because Stogner was all by itself, right down the middle of the field. It's an easy pitch and catch, and, and all of a sudden, who knows what happens at 28-17. Instead, it stays there, and Oklahoma State eventually is able to win the game. All right, we mentioned Venables. Is he getting a pass on this? Because everybody's so irate at Jeff Levy. A little bit. Um, I was getting some of that on Saturday and going into Saturday night about Venables, uh, the two and seven thing was pointed out about being two and seven in one score games that was thrown at me this weekend. Um, and then it, I know it's year two and, and someone even said, it feels like we are back in the John Blake era, meaning not so much wins losses, but he is such a likable guy and, and a player's coach and the players love him. But at what point does he start to go, Hey, what you know? What what point does it start with him? And I've always been a been a guy where you're the head coach. It should start with the head coach. That yeah. I, anybody I who thinks this I is know. the John Blake era, it didn't live through the John Blake era. Yeah, right. I mean, to be honest with you, because the listen, there are mistakes being made that aren't being corrected. But the John Blake era didn't even look like functional football. This is oh, yeah. the, the reason this is upsetting is because the wins are right there. The just small mistakes they're, continue to be yeah. made, and it's kind of the same ones. This, yeah, I mean, low, this isn't that. Yeah, they're low-hanging fruit that you just can't finish off. And was it Stoops, Drake, or one of the players said something to the effect of it's just a lack of discipline at the end of games that are costing us on these in these games. And again, I go back to the head coach. I mean, you saw – and say what you want about getting the PI against the coach, but it it starts with me, the head coach, of the discipline thing. And I know it's emotional game, and it's a lack at the end of the game, and it can get really heated and everything, especially against your rival. It, it's a it's a he's trying to build this program. He's and I think he's and I'm there should be blame there a little bit. I'm still giving him a little bit of benefit of the doubt because he's still building this program and his vision and his. His philosophy, and it's just year two. It's obviously better than last year, record-wise. There's still a lot to play for moving forward, as far as you know, maybe getting to um, a nice bowl and end the season on a high note, and then you know, springboarding springboarding off of that, a la Florida State, what they're doing right now. So, but yeah, I think some questions need to be asked about uh, you know some of that needs to be thrown at Venables too. Yeah, I mean. How many times did Bob Stoops get a penalty? Oh, I can never recall one. I'm sure there's been one in that tenure. I can never recall one that was that detrimental, though. This is two weeks in a row that because of Brent Venables not being able to control his own emotions, no matter if you agree with the – it doesn't matter. The call was made because he wasn't controlling his emotions. Two weeks in a row, a game-winning drive was helped by 30 yards worth of penalties. A late hit and then a flat and then an unsportsman like last week or two weeks ago against Kansas and now this one. That can't happen. Oh no. And in the two and seven is such a huge thing in my mind. 
a two and seven in one score games because what I mean there is a moniker around this program that is all about winning close games. Sooner Magic is just simply pulling out close games. Sooner Magic isn't two and seven in one score games against Kansas and West Virginia and Oklahoma State and Baylor and Texas Tech. That's not it. It's Keith Jackson with the one-handed catch against a number two Nebraska in Lincoln to win the game. That's what you know. What I mean? That's yeah. that's the parts, and some of those numbers are ugly. Like I mentioned to start this the show. Six and seven a year ago, the first losing season since 1998, all the way back to the John Blake era. Losing the last game, losing to Kansas for the first time since 97. Losing the last Bedlam. Losing to West Virginia a year ago, the first time since they've been in the Big 12. There's a lot of these firsts, unfortunately, for Brent Venables that are the wrong side of things. It's a damn good thing he beat Texas. That's all I'm going to tell you. Or that seat, his seat would be heating up just the way that Jeff Leppies is right now. Speaking of hot seats, and finally that gets fixed, maybe, <laughs> uh, Lincoln Riley fires Alex Grinch. I heard Jim and, and Barry and Al talking about the ranks of the defense at USC. I think the best ranking they had was like 107th in rush defense. Every other category was even worse than that. Uh, giving up the most 10-plus yard plays in the, in, the whole, in the whole country. It's just craziness and how bad it's been. How much does this help? Help USC? I help Lincoln Riley. Help Lincoln Riley. I think it. it I. Th- I think the seat to, or the pressure still there. I don't even know if he has a hot seat because it's still really, really early. But um, I think it takes the pressure off a little bit of him, where you know those his bosses and boosters aren't on him saying you got to fire this guy. And then it was like, okay, do you think I, they I made him, him fire him? I think there's a lot of talk there. Absolutely. Has he ever outside – I mean, he fired Mike, mm-hmm. but that wasn't his hire. Mm-hmm. Has he ever fired somebody he's hired? I don't think so. This is a first, and I don't think he ever – I don't think he wanted to do it. No, I don't think he wanted to do it either. I think he was forced to do it, and I wonder if that's going to make him mad enough to where if something comes calling from the NFL in the offseason, we don't see him ever coach a game in the Big Ten. I don't know how much it would matter, though, because – it's it, it, at what point does Lincoln Riley having horrible defenses fall on Lincoln Riley's shoulders and his lack of lack of care, care yeah. about playing two sides of the he always talks about mm-hmm. three sides of the ball. Well, you know what, Lincoln, there are three sides of the ball, and you care about one of them. You coach one of them with all your heart. You don't even name a special teams coordinator here, there, ever. So that's one other side of the ball, and then you you, you just let the defense do whatever it wants. This is a Lincoln Riley problem as much or more than an Alex Grinch problem, as much or more than a Mike Stoops problem. It's a Lincoln Riley problem. And until he decides that he's going to it, – it's, it's just going to be the same thing. Either lose two, maybe lose four, depending on how good the league he is in, in the competition, in the schedule. But it's always going to be – you look back and go, man, I can't believe we just wasted Caleb Williams' college career and never played in the playoffs, never played for a conference title. With Caleb Williams as the quarterback. Has there ever been a more waste of talent? I'm sure there – I mean, we have to go back and, and figure that out. I asked that, that question out. this weekend. I got uh, RG3 thrown at me because he didn't play for a conference title. He didn't play for a national Yeah, but he title. played at Baylor. But he played this at, dude played yeah. at Oklahoma and USC. Yeah. 
I, it's going to be hard to find somebody. Which conference has the best chance for two playoff teams? Right now, the Big Ten. Interesting. Why? O- outside of the the ins- the uh, impending punishment of Michigan, feels like those two teams, Ohio State and Michigan, could still make their way in despite losing the game. See, I would put them last. Think the think the Big Ten title game would be an eliminator or, or I just I don't know I I can't I can't say them because I have no idea what's going to happen in Michigan and I don't think Penn State can you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so that I'd have to put them behind the other two because I'm not so sure that Michigan's going to get the opportunity still you think that because I don't of I just don't yeah I, I heard just, a rumor this morning that they're about to get a massive TV ban I thought well oh boy that's really going to get them. How do you do that? Yeah, you, I don't, I'll you don't believe that when I see it. put the national title game on television. What, yeah, how does that work? This, this isn't 1980. This is dumb. 1975. The whole sport is revolves around TV. I and mean, that's not even a slap on the wrist. They're just not going to let them play. Uh, that, that's the whole thing. If they're banned from TV, that means they don't get to play right. games. Otherwise, they're going to be on TV. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's probably. I think Joe's right. He texts us in. It's got to be the SEC. If Alabama beats Georgia, both get in. But yeah, oh look! Oh, don't look now. There comes Alabama. Oh no! Pac-12 though, they could the same scenarios building there, where an undefeated Washington could lose to Oregon, and depending on what happens in the SEC, you could see that. And then obviously a, a, a Michigan ban or whatever. But I, I I tend to agree with Joe. I I think it was set up to be the Big Ten. But all this Michigan stuff, it's hard for me to continue with them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, what's your top ten? It is. uh, I'll go ten to one. Uh, Ole Miss is in my top ten. Penn State at nine. Alabama eight. Got to put Texas at seven because they beat Alabama. Uh, Oregon six. Washington five. Michigan four. Florida State three. Ohio State two. And I still have Georgia at one. That's a good win for them against Missouri. It was. There's no doubt. Uh, man, it's hard. It's hard to not slot it about the same way you did. Just because this this team beat that team, kind of. If you still, I, I mean, here's the deal. Do I think Oregon is better than Washington? Yes, I do. But why play the games if that's not going to have? You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do I think that Texas is better than Alabama right now? No, I don't. But, but why play the game exactly. if, the, if you don't get the reward to it? So, yeah, I'll go. I put Florida State where I put them because Michigan hasn't played anybody. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll go uh, I'll go Penn State not, uh, 10, Ole Miss 9, Bama 8, Texas 7, Oregon 6. I will go Michigan 5, hmm. Washington 4, Florida State 3, Georgia 2, Ohio State 1. And I don't think Ohio State's the best team, but they had the best resume. They, you know they, what I mean? They, yeah. They've got a better resume than Georgia. Now, I'm just trying to make myself Georgia look beats, smart because I've had Georgia at number one at the very beginning. Listen, Georgia beats Ole Miss this week and does it soundly. Georgia will be my number one next week. They're, they're just now getting to the meat of their schedule. Yes, they are. And it's coming. Well, they got Ole Miss and they got Tennessee. Then, obviously, the SEC title game, which I left Bama dead. My, my preseason national title winner was dead on the side of the road after week two. And now here they come. They must love that nobody's talking about them, right? Oh, you know Saban does. 
right, we'll be back. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's the Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping it up here on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney and the gang down at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. On the text line, our man Jeremy makes a great point about Lincoln Riley. He just doesn't seem to have it in him. You see a lot of other guys, Holgerson included, kind of getting up into a defensive coordinator when things aren't going right. You don't see Lincoln Riley doing that. He just flat out, he's too busy thinking about the next play he's going to call or remembering all the plays he's ever called because he's such an offensive savant and his memory is so great. He doesn't have time to be bothered by the pesky defense or those pesky special teams plays that might win or lose you a game. No, 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 no. It's all about calling the next brilliant play in order to lose by two touchdowns because your defense can't stop anybody. I think Jeremy's exactly right. He doesn't have it in him. He doesn't even doesn't really even care to uh, to worry about that side of the game. <clears throat> uh, coming up tonight, more high school basketball. It started with the small schools on Friday. You're uh, just getting going, kind of dipping the toes into the waters of the basketball season. We'll have five different games, five different doubleheaders uh, over on Paragon TV tonight. All these will tip off at 6.30 with the girls' games. Rappo Butler will go down to Fort Cobb-Broxton. That's uh, an interesting and intriguing matchup there. Sentinel at Cheyenne Raiden. Both of those girls' teams were able to get wins on Friday. Sentinel went to Hammond and knocked off the Class B defending state champion Hammond Lady Warriors. They'll head out to Cheyenne Raiden tonight. Leedy at Canute, a couple of... Uh, boys teams at one, girls teams at Canute was uh, dominant over Eric. Leedy didn't get to play because uh, Sweetwater, they were all at the FFA convention, so the first rattle out of the box for the Leedy Lady Bison. Uh, state tournament team last year with a young, young squad, and now, of course, head coach Leah Beer back at Leedy this season uh, to uh, to guide the Lady Bison there. So that uh, those first three on the girls' side for sure ought to be really good games. Fargo Gage Fort Supply will go to Hammond, and also Sweetwater and Eric at uh, I think that maybe it's Sweetwater or Eric. I can't remember how that went on the schedule, but those two, those will be the games tonight. ParagonTV.com, 6.30 for the girls' game, 8 o'clock or right after for the boys' games. And, of course, we'll have playoff football coming up this week or on Friday, Big Elk TV for the Elks and Newcastle. And then Hollis will travel to Enid to play Oklahoma Bible Academy. That'll be a Paragon TV game on Friday night. So just – you know, it's 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 one thing with with the Big Elk TV and the Paragon TV during football season. You can count on it mostly Friday, sometimes Thursdays. But man, when the calendar rolls into November, it is wall to wall basketball for basically three months leading up to the small school state tournament. The last one inside the original Ron Nork Arena, the Big House. This will be the the swan song for the Big House this year before moving into the new arena in 2025. So good stuff coming tonight. Don't forget Paragon TV for all those high school 
basketball games. Thunder win last night, snapping a two-game losing streak as they knock off Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. Thunder are fun to watch. They're young. They're different. They're different young team than they were back in the in the first kind of iteration of the Thunder. You know, the, there's not necessarily Durant and Westbrook, but they're 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 uh, they're very interesting and almost seem a little bit like they fit together a little bit better this time than they did the time before. Um, last night, Jalen Williams with 21, Shea with 30, 19 from Lou Dort, who is shooting the ball fantastic to start the season. That's a good that's a good sign uh, for the Thunder and and quite frankly for for Shea or for uh, Lou's uh, long term ability to stay with this franchise. Uh, I think you're probably looking at either Giddy or Dort or one of those coming off the bench at least at some point. And so far. It's been Dort has clearly been the better player uh, in the early part of this season. Is Giddy struggling to kind of find his way in the offense now that Chet's out there? You got a bunch of guys that can handle the, uh, handle the basketball, and, and Giddy's not being quite the playmaker that we've seen him be in the past. And I think there's got to be a real serious look at maybe bringing him off the bench and him kind of being in control of that second unit with the ability of Isaiah Joe to knock down threes. We've seen Wallace, even though last night he was 0 for 3, seen him be able to knock down threes early on in his NBA career. Maybe that's a better – maybe that suits Josh Giddy's game a little bit better to play make with the second unit as opposed to being out there uh, with all the ball handlers on that first one. We'll see how, how that kind of molds and, and grows. But I think that's at least something that is going to have to be looked at to, to get the best out of Josh Giddy if he's going to be – uh, here in the Thunder uniform for the long term. So lots of different – it's way too early to make, in my mind, to make any drastic moves or or just this guy can't do this. I mean, Giddy's 21 years old. There's lots of growth to yet to be had age-wise and, and that kind of thing. But it is certainly something that's starting to be talked about and, and looked at. And there's going to have to – I think at some point there's going to have to be either improvement, standstill, spot-up shooting the basketball, or – a different uh, kind of a, a different rotation for him to maximize his strengths, and a lot of that is playmaking, getting the ball to uh, to the rim, and getting the ball to other people on that Thunder team. But they win one twenty six one seventeen, get the night off, and then Cleveland comes to OKC on Wednesday. Don't forget the high school hoops, Paragon TV tonight. Five different double headers, going to be some good stuff. Six thirty for the girls' games. 8 o'clock scheduled time for the boys. Usually they get going at maybe even a hair before that. So wall-to-wall basketball, Paragon TV tonight. Everybody have a great Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.